Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Ords, the president of Gateway Seminary, carrying on a continuing conversation with you about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today, I want to talk with you as a ministry leader about the issue of overcoming destructive habits. And I want to talk with you about this, of course, personally, because I know that even as ministry leaders, some of us still struggle with destructive habits. But I also want to help you to understand how to help your followers who are dealing with this same difficulty. How to overcome destructive habits. Like, for example, exploding in anger when things don't go your way. Reverting to pornography when you feel lonely or isolated. Using drugs or alcohol in inappropriate ways to help you feel comfort. You get the idea. How do you overcome destructive habits, lifelong habits, deeply ingrained habits? How do you overcome ways of acting or ways of behaving that you really abhor and you want to stop, but you just can't seem to get to the bottom of it and find out why you do it so that you can stop it permanently. Let's talk about that today. How to stop destructive habits. And in order to teach you about this, I I want to preach a little bit on the podcast today. Now, I know this is not a preaching podcast. I do a lot of preaching in other contexts. This is more of an application-oriented podcast. But today, I need to preach just a little bit. In John chapter 4, there's a very well-known story of Jesus dealing with a person commonly known as the woman at the well. Jesus went to Samaria, encountered a woman at a well, had a conversation with her about a destructive habit in her life, and through that conversation revealed the solutions to this kind of inappropriate behavior. So let's look at this story just for a few minutes, and then we'll look at some application that grows out of it for us today. First of all, when Jesus encountered this woman at the well, In verse 16, John chapter 4, he said, Go call your husband and come back here. The woman answered, I I, I don't have a husband. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. This woman had been through five husbands and was now living with another man who was not her husband. Her destructive habit, her compulsive habit, was sexual immorality. Serial adultery, going from man to man to man, and resulting in a relationship that was inappropriate in every way. 
It's important to understand in this context that this woman was not involved in a one-night stand type situation. She, she wasn't in the vernacular of the day, just uh, engaged in a hookup situation. She had a history of immoral behavior, of going from man to man to man to man. Her habit, her destructive habit, was sexual immorality. Now, Jesus, after revealing this to her and confronting her about it, never mentions it again. Now, I find that striking. I find it striking because Jesus really isn't here to talk to this woman about her morality. He's here to talk about something far more profound. So if you back up now to their previous conversation, starting in verse 9, excuse me, verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. (laughs) How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, (laughs) for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Now listen carefully because this is where Jesus addresses the issue. The issue that's behind or below. The issue that's motivating and driving this woman's immorality. Jesus said, verse 13, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Then, sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. And then Jesus replies to that request with those words I've already read. Go call your husband. Go call your husband. Jesus speaks to this woman about living water. She requests that she receive it. And Jesus replies, well, go call your husband. In other words, let's get to the issue. Let's get to the core of it. Let's get down to where you're really living. And let's equate this living water, to your immorality. Let's connect these two things and let's see if you can't experience a transformation. Now, what this story teaches us is this very important principle. Your destructive habits are so difficult to break because they are attempts to satisfy your deepest personal thirsts. 
are, you might say, your deepest personal needs. Your destructive habits, like this woman's immorality, are attempts to satisfy your deepest personal thirsts or needs. And because of that, they are very, very difficult to change. In fact, if you're just going to focus on the superficiality of trying to change a habit, they're likely never going to be changed. But only when you really address the thirst that's driving the habit do you have any possibility for change. Now, there are two great thirsts that tend to drive people in our culture. One is more common among men, the other one more common among women, but both of them are evident in both men and women. What are those thirsts? Well, first, the thirst are the need for security. It's the need to feel safe. It's the need to feel good about yourself. It's the need to feel that you belong, that you're somebody. Which leads us into the next thirst, our need, and that is the thirst for significance. The need to feel that you've accomplished something consequential, that you're important in the role that you have or that you've been assigned, that you are, as I said, somebody. Now, most of us want one of these things more than the other. But all of us long for both. We long for security. We long for significance. To use the analogy from this passage of Scripture, we're thirsty for security. And we're thirsty for significance. We want to feel safe, feel good about ourselves, feel accomplished, feel important. We want to feel like we matter. Those deep thirsts are what drives so much in our lives. Now, here's the really, really challenging news about how we satisfy those thirsts most of the time. We satisfy them by drawing from wrong wells or wrong sources to satisfy those thirsts. The thirsts for security and significance we dip into the well, first of all, of achievements. If I just do enough, if I work hard enough, if I gain enough recognition, if I earn enough degrees, if I get enough uh, check marks by my name, if I have enough money in the bank, if I just have enough achievements, if I can get the right title, then I'll finally feel secure and I'll finally feel significant the well of achievements. And so, if you're dipping in the well of achievements to satisfy your security and significance, some of your destructive habits will be related to being a workaholic, to not spending time with your family, to selfishly devoting too much of your energy and money to, to hobbies that uh, give you a sense of well-being, achievements. Here's another one, the well of pleasure. If you're trying to satisfy security and significance by the well of pleasure, it probably means that you're going to be misusing drugs or alcohol, that you're going to be misusing sexuality 
our food. You know, it's interesting to me that a lot of Christians won't drink alcohol, but they eat very, very destructively because they get a lot of pleasure from eating, and so they just can't stop it because that pleasure is a habit that feeds their need for security and significance. Here's another one, the well of relationships. The well of relationships, believing that if I can just find the right person, if I can find the right person, then that's going to solve all my needs for security and significance. If I can find the right person, I'm finally going to feel secure. If I can find the right person, I'm finally going to feel significant. If I can just find the right person, I'm finally going to get there. And that's why there's a proliferation these days of dating apps and dating services, people looking to find someone, and even cheapening their themselves to the point of participating in the hookup culture or in other ways of involving themselves with promiscuity and with relationships that are unhealthy. Why? Because they really believe if they can just find the right relationship, it'll solve their thirst for security and significance. And there's other ways this well of relationships produces bad and destructive habits. Uh, I recently dealt with a family situation where uh, the mother was really struggling with that first child leaving for college. Oh, man, what a struggle that was. But losing that relationship is causing her to wonder if she's really significant. Now that she's not a full-time, everyday mom, does she matter? Does life have meaning? Is there any purpose or importance in what she does? She's struggling with these issues of significance because she's lost this meaningful relationship. So here's what I've said so far. Leaders, like all people, struggle with destructive habits. Those habits can express themselves in a lot of different ways, but before we can resolve them, we've got to get down and find out what's driving them. And I think this story of the woman at the well is a good model for us. Jesus confronted this woman in her habitual sexual immorality. She had bypassed already five husbands and was living with man number six. But when Jesus called her to get her husband and bring him to the meeting, he did that in the context of having explained to her that he was really there to give her living water. That what was driving her morality was a thirst, if you will, for security and significance. A thirst to feel safe, to feel good about herself, to feel accomplished, to feel important, to feel like she mattered to someone. Security and significance. And Jesus said, this deep thirst you have, which you're trying to fulfill in destructive ways with habits that are anything but what you really need to have to find the solution. These destructive habits are grounded not just in your promiscuity, although that in and of itself is not healthy, but they're grounded in something much deeper. They're grounded in your search for security and significance. So if you find yourself dipping in the well of achievements, pleasure, and relationships to solve this thirst for, for security and significance, you are going to be equally frustrated as this poor woman was described in John chapter 4. So what then is the solution? 
Well, let's go back to the Bible. The solution, first of all, is the thirst-quenching satisfaction of having your deepest personal needs met by Jesus Christ. Verse 14, Jesus said, But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Jesus said, The only source for thirst-quenching satisfaction of these deep personal needs, which are driving inappropriate dipping in wrong wells and leading to these destructive personal habits to try to find what you're looking for, this can all be satisfied in me. And of course, in this story, it was satisfied for this woman in Jesus Christ. Let's read the end of the story. It said, now, when, now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the, what the woman had said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. So when the, when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said, and they told the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior of the world. This woman experienced a thirst-quenching relationship with Jesus Christ. And in that thirst-quenching relationship, she found her deepest needs met. She found her need for security and her need for significance met in Jesus Christ. And once that was settled, once that was settled, then she was able to move out of those destructive habits and find instead release from this lifestyle of adultery and promiscuity that had marked her up until this moment. Listen, leaders, your deepest personal needs will not be met by dipping into the well of achievements, pleasure, or relationships. You can't grow a big enough church, reach enough kids in your youth group, enroll enough students in your seminary. You can't earn enough degrees, gain enough cert certificates, read enough books. You can't achieve enough to find security and significance. Same thing with pleasure. You can't drink enough, drug enough, eat enough, or have enough sex to bring you the security and significance you're looking for. Pleasure just won't do it. And the relationships. You can't find, even in the well of relationships, the security and significance you're looking for. Now, I'm fortunate. I am fortunate. I have many meaningful relationships in my life, and they are very fulfilling, very fulfilling. But they aren't ultimately fulfilling because even the best relationships I have, like the relationship I have with Anne, even the best relationships I have are sometimes disappointing and are definitely temporal, meaning they are only 
going to last a little while in this lifetime. So the thirst for security and significance drives us to destructive behaviors that become habits, that become these destructive habits which mark our lives. Typically, those habits have emerged because we've dipped in the wells of achievements and pleasure and relationships to try to satisfy this deep abiding thirst that we have. But this story, man, this story, it teaches us that only in Jesus Christ, only in him, do we find the security and the significance we need to satisfy our deepest longings, our deepest needs. Drawing from the text, our deepest thirsts, only in Jesus Christ can we satisfy those and be able to move forward effectively. You know, as a leader, you just have to get this resolved in your life. You have to get resolved that your security and your significance really do come from your relationship to Jesus Christ. Any other source is going to disappoint you. And if any other source is driving you, you're ultimately headed for either disappointment or maybe even destruction. So it's essential today as a leader that you come to find your significance and your security in Jesus. Now, how do you do that? Well, for example, the doctrine of the security of the believer has become very important to me in recent years. Someone once told me, you are as secure in Jesus Christ today as you will ever be. Now, that was important for me to hear because I've usually interpreted the doctrine of the security of the believer as an after-you-die kind of doctrine, meaning, well, after I die, I know I'll be secured with Jesus forever. But the doctrine of the security of the believer is not about after you die. It's about right now. A fellow once told me, you are as secure in Jesus Christ today as you will ever be. That was a breakthrough thought for me. I'm as secure in Jesus Christ today as I will ever be. Man, that's a good feeling. It's good to know that in Jesus, we have found home. We have found base. We have found the centering point. We have found security. And then the thirst for significance, also satisfied in Jesus? Yes, absolutely so. Because your significance is not going to come from your achievements or your pleasure, even your relationships. Your, your significance comes from the relationship you establish with Jesus Christ and what he says about you in that relationship. You are his child. You are his brother or his sister. You are intimately related to him, and because of that, you have significance. You are not significant because of what you do for him. You are significant because of what he has done in you. What a great, great witness that is, a great testimony it is, a great peace and confidence it brings that you are uh, secure and significant because you are in relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, as a leader, 
We cannot afford to be sidetracked with destructive habits. We cannot allow the deceit of them to undermine us, to distract us, to humiliate us. We have to instead really keep our focus where it belongs, on Jesus as the satisfier of our souls. He is the one who satisfies our, secure, our needs for security and significance. He is the one who delivers us from seeking to satisfy security and significance in these wells that are so dry, the wells of achievements and pleasure and relationships that just simply will not satisfy. But Jesus says, come to me. <laughs> That's what he told the woman at the well. Come to me. I've got something for you. I have water that when you drink it, you will never be thirsty again. Man, think about that. Never, ever having the drive within you to flick on that porn site, to eat that extra piece of cake you know you don't need, to take that pill you're trying to stop, to lash out in anger, or to overcommit your schedule so that that workaholism marks who you are. All of these kinds of destructive habits, you've tried everything to break them. You want them to stop. Well, stop focusing on the superficial aspects of fixing these issues and get down to the core of it. The core is you have deep longings inside of you, deep thirsts that must be satisfied. You want security. You want significance. Not anything wrong with wanting those, but everything wrong if you're satisfying them by dipping in wrong wells. So today, stop dipping in the wells of achievements and pleasure and relationships, and instead, dip down deep into Jesus Christ. Trust Him for your security. Depend on Him for your significance. And in doing that, you will begin the process of breaking the bonds which hold you so tightly to these destructive habits. This is essential for you as a leader. It's also important to master this perspective so that you can teach it to others. Breaking destructive habits. It's hard, but you can do it as you apply what I've taught today on the podcast and as you lead on. <laughs>